Are there times where you've been physically present but mentally absent? Like having your body in one place but your mind is somewhere else. There's no GPS that can track where our attention is or where it goes. Conversations work best within a context and a container. Where the goal is to be fully present with ourselves and with others for meaningful conversations to take place. This means our attention is the intention. Thanks for joining me on another One to One Thing podcast. Today the episode talks about conversations in context and containers. We've covered in the previous episodes the elements that make up our conversations, both with ourselves and with others. And now we look at where these conversations take place. It's important to recognise that context and containers shape where conversations are likely to happen and the best place for them to happen to get a positive outcome. Internal conversations require as much context and containerization as our conversations with others. I know for myself that many times I'm not in the right headspace to take on a challenge or even an internal conversation, and while I may have things around me ready to work on a project or tackle a task, if my focus isn't on the activity, i.e. my mind is somewhere else, then it's difficult to carry out the work or even have a meaningful conversation with myself about getting the work done. So that's where understanding the power of context comes in. It's where our complete self shows up ready for a conversation, internally or externally. I remember in sci-fi movies, the concept of teleportation really caught people's attention, from the transporter room in Star Trek and Beam Me Up Scotty, to ghosts and other beings able to transport themselves instantly to another location. It was really cool to think that if you could instantly teleport, you could avoid the pain of travelling and just show up somewhere else. But thinking about it more now, it's a real nightmare because the moment I go somewhere else, I'm not where I left. And if someone expects me to be where I just left, then they're going to miss me and they won't even see me leave. Plus, imagine the teleportation lag, and you thought jet lag was bad enough. In many aspects, we suffer from the problem of mental teleportation, where I can be sitting at a screen trying to do a piece of work, and a ding from my phone instantly takes me out of state or out of focus to respond on something that's happening a whole world away, or may not even be happening at all. This sort of mental teleportation happens all the time. And as we've said before, our brain is an organ and it's designed to receive and interpret inputs, whether they're coming from our five senses or our mobile devices, smartphones, laptops, smart watches, or just a ring at the doorbell. All of these inputs have to be processed and the brain does a great job of doing that. Staying in the context of what we're doing at any one time could probably be one of the biggest challenges that we face on a daily basis. There are so few times during the day that our mind and body are present and focused on a single task unless we actively practice the art of single-mindedness or mindfulness, we get sucked into distractions more and more. The term context is defined as the circumstances that form the setting for an event, statement or idea in terms of which it can be fully understood. So context is important because it forms a setting in which something can be understood. We know if someone's talking about something and we don't understand the context in which they're speaking, it can be a little confusing. Sometimes it's funny, but other times it's just downright confusing. 
And as we've seen before, language plays a big part in setting the context of a conversation, whether it's by tone or by vocabulary. And while we're dealing with mental teleportation, we shouldn't ignore the importance of how physical space creates context for what we do and how we converse with one another. The conversation doesn't have to be face-to-face or person-to-person in order to create a context for where you are. If you're in a quiet office focused on a Zoom call meeting you're about to have with a manager versus driving through traffic trying to jump on that same Zoom call from your phone, your physical presence and your physical environment will impact the conversation. We know that a component of the tonality in our voice is the way we hold ourselves physically. Whether we're sitting upright, standing, slouching, our presence in a conversation will come through. So don't disregard your body language on an audio phone call because how you hold yourself will come through in your tone. How we show up for ourselves is just as important as how we show up for others. If you want to inject some more energy into your activity, it might be useful to stand up or move around just to get the blood flowing and the heart racing. Those changes in the body signal the brain to be focused and pay attention because something's about to happen. Similarly, if you need to be deeply empathetic, making sure that you're in a space where you're not distracted from outside influences, noises and the like, can allow you to really listen deeply to the other party, or even listening to yourself at a level where you gain more understanding and a better connection with your emotional self. Conversations between Wilson and Steve work best with context and containers. Steve needs to listen deeply to what Wilson is communicating on an emotional level, and often needs the space to process that information and communicate it in a way that Wilson can understand. When we practice this skill in ourselves, we're in a better position to connect and communicate with others. Once we've established where we are physically and mentally to have a conversation, then it's important for us to define the container in which the conversation takes place. I like to think of the metaphor of a physical container whether it's a plastic Tupperware box or a Ziploc bag, holding the contents of our conversation. Containers are really important in our day-to-day living. A food container helps keep the contents fresh. It keeps the contents away from other things that can contaminate it. It allows us to identify and locate the contents by virtue of the container that it's in. The metaphor of containers can apply to how we see conversations. Some containers are clear so we can see what's inside, while other containers are opaque to hide its contents. For example, containers like laundry detergent are basic and functional because it's more about what's inside than how it's packaged, while other containers like expensive perfume are ornate and creative. All perfumes are just fragranced liquids, but the packaging is used to convey some aspirational quality and a sense of luxury or high value. The primary task of a container is to tell us about what's on the inside. It can do that through a label, through a clear window to see inside, or through the shape of the bottle, can or box. Have you ever been fooled by a container containing something different to what it says on the outside? I know we've had many biscuit tins used as first aid containers or a place to store the sewing kit. There's nothing worse at Christmas opening a tub of Quality Street to find bandages and plasters. For my overseas listeners, you can Google Quality Street tub to see what I'm talking about. 
In relation to conversations, we can sometimes do the same. One popular container for conversations in the workplace is a one-to-one meeting, in which the container defines what is to happen inside. There are many times we've shown up to meetings expecting one thing and it turned out to be something totally different. Sometimes that's our fault because our expectations are different to how the meeting was communicated. Sometimes we just make assumptions that something should happen and it doesn't. Being clear about what and how you label a container is key to a conversation. I've experienced many times where I've initiated a conversation where the container wasn't clearly labeled and the conversation didn't go well because the other person wasn't ready. It wasn't the appropriate context. I'm not saying that we always need to make an appointment with our significant others to discuss things in a meeting-like setting, but just that it's important to understand the context and container in which the conversation that you want to have takes place. For me, one of my favourite containers for conversations is a drive. Road trips are great for conversations to happen. I still have to craft out the context. I don't want any surprises there. But there's nothing like sitting side by side on a long stretch of highway to initiate great conversations. And when I break it down, there's some really helpful tips I can take away from the container of a road trip. The first is the physical positioning between two people. We're side by side looking in the same direction rather than face to face, which can sometimes feel more confrontational. The scenery is also changing as we drive, which allows for natural distractions to take place. And that means that the conversation has a limit to how deep it can get. A road trip might not be the place to tell your significant other that you're breaking up with them or that you're having a life-threatening illness. If there's just the two of you, it's a place that's fairly private. Conversations stay within the container of the car. And the car keeps you proximate to each other, so there's an opportunity for connection through touch, even if you can't look each other in the eye. The car also works for me when I'm on my own, as a place to keep Steve and Wilson my physical and mental state in one place to think about things and to have those internal conversations or practice karaoke. In the work environment, we know how important it is for the water cooler, lunchroom or smoking area containers to be recognised. Some of those dynamics have changed since COVID and with the increase of remote working. And with containers such as the WhatsApp or Zoom calls, our one-to-one conversations have shifted. And now we have to consider the type and quality of containers that we have our conversations in. So we've touched on the value of understanding context and containers for conversations. The context really speaks to where we are physically and mentally. And the container defines what kind of scope or parameters we put on where conversations take place or even how a conversation takes place. The other important aspect of containers is that in most cases... They only contain one thing. I don't have shower gel mixed in with toothpaste. I don't even know how that would work. And even though we have shower gels that can be used as shampoos, the best products tend to have those two in separate containers. The beauty of a container that holds a single item is that we can combine many containers together in a unique and innovative way. Think of a spice rack in your home. You can have a container with all spice, which is a combination of different spices, but you have much more flexibility when you combine individual spices together for a particular dish. The allspice jar may be easier in some scenarios, but the dish is richer when individual spices are combined in a particular way. How conversations can benefit from being contained, 
having one thing in our container for a conversation can allow us to bring other aspects together in a unique and innovative way and allows for the richness of the overall conversation. Remember, the goal of conversation is to keep the game going. And the more variety you can bring to multiple conversations, the better you feel about playing the game. We've looked at context and understand the part that containers play and how useful it is for that container of a conversation to be on one thing. There are some schools of thought that say that men's brains are different from women's. Where men tend to focus and compartmentalise topics, we're more like a waffle where we have boxes where the syrup can sit and not go into another box. Women have a propensity to connect one thing to other things or to everything else. So the analogy for them is like spaghetti where the sauce runs through all the noodles. I'm not sure if these analogies really stand up to scientific scrutiny and I'm not proposing that that's the difference between men's brains and women's brains. But it's an interesting concept that we can think in the structure of compartments and that we can also think in terms of the holistic. Regardless of the conversation we're having, it's important that the container points out when this is going to be a holistic conversation, I'm thinking more of the Old Spice scenario, versus a specific conversation where we talk about one thing in that one container. You can decide on which one works best for you in the conversation that you're having, but I think, like we said, it's important for a container to do what it says on the tin. And it's important for us to understand that if that's the conversation we're having, then that's where we go with it. There's nothing worse than having a conversation that starts out with a single specific topic and then turns into a holistic, multidimensional issue when the other party wasn't expecting it. It's important for conversation containers to be properly labelled. The conversation should do what it says on the tin. By all means, we can have more conversations and we can even change the label on the conversation container. But just like Wilson and Steve have to agree on the context and container for their internal conversations, it's equally important for us to have that agreement with other people that we're having conversations with. In the next episode, we look at the power of the one thing in the conversation container. I hope you enjoyed the show and I look forward to you joining me next time.